Okay, God bless you real good. I'm glad that you joined us by way of this video. You are important. You are the apple of God's eye. He loves you. He cares for you. And this morning I'm going to begin with the end in mind. I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of God today. But I would like to just share with you, I have found that there's different types of churches, different types of worship. Number one, personally driven. Number two, program driven. Number three, purpose driven. The one that I believe is the one that I appreciate the most is presence driven. I have found that the most effective for me is present driven. What does that really mean? As we worship and praise the Lord, as we have here today, the Lord inhabits, He lives in the praises of His people. Psalms 22 and verse 3. We're living in what we would call troublous times. Yet, God, in His ultimate wisdom, is with us. He's for us. You've seen the signs along the road. There's a lot of road construction these days. Men at work. Haven't you seen those signs? You know, and you, you wade in traffic, and you kind of go around, and... Well, I'm here today to tell you that God is at work. God is at work within His people. God is at work within the world. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. The theme today is warfare done God's way. Jesus said when he was talking with Pilate at his trial that my kingdom is not of this world. And Jesus said if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Paul said in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in heavenly places. We sang about a host a heavenly host. Well, I'm here to tell you today that there is also a demonic host, the fallen angels, Lucifer. But we don't need to be afraid. Our God has overcome. And we also are overcoming. Paul said in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in heavenly places. In Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. It's from me, says the Lord. So in the midst of all that we see today, where is God? Well, I'll tell you, he's, he's within our hearts, within our lives, but he's in majesty and power, great glory. You know, an angel said to Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4, 6, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Today, my text is going to be in Second Chronicles 20 and verse 17. God is speaking here today. I pray that you would have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We have victory. You may not think so at times, but God, through Jesus Christ, paid the sacrifice of sin. He's coming again. I was reminded this morning that in Acts chapter 1, he went off in a cloud and 500 people observed and he said, I will come again. I was reading Revelation 14 last night. And I see that Jesus is coming in the clouds of glory. Coming to the earth. As we look at this account, this is about a battle. A natural battle. First the natural than the spiritual. So often that's the way it is. Second Chronicles chapter 20. We're talking about battle. We're talking about warfare. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon together with the Meunites came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Sometimes, you know, with all that's going on in the world, you feel that there's a warfare going on. Yes, there is. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat. So, who was Jehoshaphat? Well, he was a Hebrew king of Judah from the years 873 to 849 B.C. during the reign in Israel. Jehoshaphat, the leader, was told, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. They are in Hazar 
Tamar, that is, and Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. In this time of testing and trial and all that's going on, I believe that the necessity of people crying out to God, reading the Bible, you know, we can't depend on fake news. No matter where it's coming from, it's tainted. You know, and so he went to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast in all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat, he prayed and he, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God of the heavens? Question mark. And are you not ruler over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. No one can stand against the Lord. Verse 7 of Second Chronicles chapter 20. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? The land of Israel. They have lived in it and have built your sanctuary there. Your name is saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. We're called Christians, first at Antioch, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? And you shall hear and deliver us. Now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They've turned against us. Aside from them, did not, we did not destroy them. Why? Why would there be people, situations, circumstances that they didn't clean house with? Because that was the order. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. And we see that today in the Holy Land with the Arabs and Russia and China, everyone's trying to squeeze that nation. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants and their wives and their children. 
This is time to rally the family together and to wait on the Lord, to seek God, to hear the prophetic word of the Lord. Then in the midst, verse 14, of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, and the son of Jeril, the son of Mattah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. Wherever you see Asaph, usually there's worship, there's praise in the midst of that. Verse 15, and he said, listen, all Judah inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. God is addressing through the Spirit the people, the people of God and the leader, the leadership. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. And today and this day and in this hour, we're not to be afraid, but we're to trust and believe what God is doing. For the battle is not yours, but is God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. This is the prophetic word to the people. Behold, they will come up to the ascent of Ziz, and you'll find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. That was a word of knowledge. The prophet spoke even to tell him exactly. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I drive around and I'm looking for an address, I get somewhat lost, you know? And here, it was a specific word for a specific time. And that's what we need today. Yes. Amen? You need not to fight the battle because of this horde of people, these three nations that were coming against them. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. In other words, God is getting involved in the business. The enemy pokes his ugly head up and says, I'm going to get you. And God laughs in the heavens because he is the final judge. He has the authority. The enemy is a liar. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or dismayed. Tomorrow, go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. You can imagine in the natural, you've been brought into this understanding, yeah? We've got to have faith here, people. We have to stand and, and believe. Yeah. Yeah. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of Kohaths and the sons of Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Just like I said in the beginning, Psalms 22 and 3, For thou art holy, King James Version, thou that inhabitest 
the praises of Israel. There is power in praise. As we worship the Lord, as we praise the Lord, things happen. The presence of God comes and abides within. I've seen miracles. I've seen healings, deliverance as worship is happening. Nothing has changed. This is Old Testament. We're New Testament believers grafted in. They rose early in the morning and they went out into the wilderness of Kita. Now, if that was you, would you be a little apprehensive? Like, does this prophet really have the word of the Lord? Is he really on track here? Or are we going to be slaughtered? You, you just can't think that way. A word from the Lord will get the job done. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. You will be strengthened. Put your trust in his prophets, and you will succeed or be established. Come on now. That should excite you. When he had consulted the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. They went prepared to follow through and to worship regardless of what it looked like, what they thought from a carnal way of thinking. They had faith. They had trust in their leadership. Give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord sent ambushments. What does that mean? We're going to find out real quick here. Against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were rooted. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. You know, we need to listen to that. What the Lord did is he sent confusion amongst the enemy that were attacking Jehoshaphat and the people of God. Confusion. What happened? The enemy started to stick their swords in one another. And there wasn't one, the Bible says. There wasn't one left. I think that's victory. What do you think, Pastor? Yeah. So, verse 24, And Judah came to the lookout in the wilderness. They were told exactly where to go, where this battle was going to happen. And we're going to be talking about the end time battle in a few minutes. They looked toward the multitude and behold, there were corpses, <laughs> oh glory to God, lying on the ground and no one had escaped. Not one 
They had killed one another because the Lord sent ambushments, confusion. Get ready. Because in the midst of all the stuff that we're seeing in the world today, governments, everything, God has a handle on it. Trust in Him. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, that was a common thing. And God has that in mind for us. You know, so often preachers preach the gospel like we are not that really important. And there it won't be too much victory. You know, let's not soft pedal to the gospel. Jesus is coming. And there's going to be rewards. There's going to be stuff. I'm not in it for the stuff. But thank God that as we're going to see here, that which was taken away was given back. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, in those days, garments, you know, they were expensive. They had to make them many times. Some nations, they would have very colorful garments through dyeing berries and many different things. And valuable things which they took for themselves more than they could carry. Well, that's a pretty big haul. You need a U-Haul trucker or something, caravan. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. So do you think that God's people just kind of took that for granted and said, well, you know, I guess we had it coming to us. No, what they did, there was triumphant return to Jerusalem. Then a fourth day they assembled to the valley of Barak. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, they have named the place the Valley of Barak until this day. The Valley of Blessing. Thank you, Lord. Who has the victory? God has the victory. Yes. Who has the victory right now? The people of God. Amen. You have to have eyes to see that which is. True. That which is true. Now Jehoshaphat. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat at their head. Returning to Jerusalem with joy. You know, joy. What do you think of that? They were kind of happy about this. They didn't have to lift a finger. There were no losses of life. They didn't have to fight their own battle. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. We're giving notice, enemy, and enemies of Satan. We're giving you notice. You're defeated. Jesus Christ has won the victory. And we are going to see in the land of the living this time. This season, things that were forespoken in the word of the living God. 
and they shall and they came to Jerusalem with harps, lyres, trumpets to the house of the Lord. They were a noisy bunch. You know, you got a bunch of musical instruments, especially trumpets. But it was all unto God as a thanksgiving offering. And the dread of God on all the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. Was at peace. For his God gave him rest on all sides. I'm going to read a little bit out of Joel. I had prepared this message, and then I just sat down. I was quiet, and I I felt impressed to open Joel. Chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Over in chapter 2 of Joel, It talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit that was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God came in and 120 people received, were anointed. The fire of God was upon them. And in this day, verse 28 of Joel chapter 2, it spoke of the promise of the Spirit. I will pour out my Spirit in those days. In verse 30, it talks about the day of the Lord. And in Matthew chapter 24, we see that there's darkness and the moon being turned to blood and all these different things. Let's look at Joel chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem... Judah and Jerusalem, it's the same wording as it was in Second Chronicles. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Then I will enter into judgment with them there. On behalf of my people and my inheritance, Israel. And we're grafted in. We're part of the inheritance. Amen. Whom they have scattered among the nations. And they have divided up my land. We're looking at verse 12. Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For I will sit and judge. There is a day coming, folks, where Jesus is coming. He's coming not as a baby in a manger, but he's coming as a judge. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for harvest is ripe. Come. Tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. 
For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And that's where we're at, folks. Kingdom of God, come. We say that. We sing that. For the world, for the unbeliever, it's going to be a time of justice and judgment. For the believer, it'll be a time of victory and walking in kingdom lifestyle. God is for us. God is not against us. Verse 15 of Joel chapter 3, And the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. The Lord roars from Zion, and utters His voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth tremble, the tremble. But the Lord is a refuge for His people, and a stronghold to the sons of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. So Jerusalem will be holy. Holiness is vital. We need to come to a place of repentance to walk before our God who is holy and we're to be holy as He is. Thank God that He's a forgiving God. But we need to repent and be right with God. Amen? And strangers will pass through no more. Now is the day of salvation. For grace are you saved. It's not of ourselves. God is calling. God is calling you. Come unto Him. For He will transform your life. He is able to do miracles to change you. And change that which is a hindrance to you. Trust Him. Obey Him. Revelation. Just a few more verses. You might say, well, preacher, why are you getting so excited? Because this is real. This is true. God is about to break through the heavens. Jesus coming. You're going to see it here. Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. We heard about the reapers. Well, here, Revelation 14, 14. Then I looked, uh, and behold, a white cloud, and sitting on the cloud was like unto the Son of Man, or Jesus Christ is coming. Having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Today is the day of repentance. The grace door is open. Do not wait. God is calling. Hear and answer that call. And another angel came out of the temple, crying out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in the sickle and reap, 
For the hour to reap has come. Because the harvest, the harvest is ripe. And it goes on about an angel, another angel, the one with power over fire, came out of the altar and called with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Put in the sharp sickle and gather the clusters the vine, the earth, because her grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle to the earth and gathered the clusters, the wine of the earth, and threw them into a great winepress of the wrath of God. You know, just by way of a thought, so many people are talking about getting out of all this, I believe the Lord is very capable to take us through and for us to have the victory, even as in the days of Jehoshaphat. And the winepress was trodden, trodden outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress, the judgment. And there were up to the horses' bridles for the distance of 200 miles, there was blood. There was blood. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ paid the price. What we have to do is to say, yes, Lord, you died for me. I want to live for you. To receive all that God has for us should be the cry of our heart. Once again, I began with the end in mind. I talked about how God activated His power through His people who worshipped Him. There are four kinds of churches today. And I'm not standing here in judgment or with arrogance. This is just what I believe. There's personality-driven, number one. Possibly the pastor has such a good personality, he wears the best clothing. You know what I'm saying. Number two, program-driven. Well, we got to have programs we got to do this. we got to do that. We, we have to cover all the ages. It's program-driven. Purpose-driven. Well, there's got to be a purpose, and we, we need to just push and cram. And the, these things, you know, at times we can utilize them. But the one that works for me, the one that worked for Jehoshaphat, the one that's worked for the early church. And the church, here and now, is presence-driven. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, guide us, lead us, show us, reveal yourself unto us. And then raise up the prophetic voice in the midst of your people that we might follow to know the Lord, to 
to walk in his precepts. God has a purpose in all this, folks. And it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about him. Father, God, I thank you that you're alive. You're well. We're not concerned about your looking after things. Lord, you see the nations in the earth. You see the confusion. Lord, (laughs) you're sending ambushments in the midst of all this political stuff. And we are your people. We are called by your name. And we trust in you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for each person that took time today to come on in and and hear and be involved in the worship and hearing the word. Father, I pray that it would go deep, deep, deep within them. That out of them would arise joy. Joy in the journey. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. It's a rousing applause you're hearing, Bob. (laughs) Wasn't that delightful? Oh, so good, so rich, and so full of the power of the Word of God. Rich promises, victory in Christ. That's, That's what He has in store for us. Can you handle that? I think we can. Well, we invite you to join us uh, to, to set off the Christmas season, the Christmas day, uh, on the 24th at 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll have our candlelight service. Uh, we get it uh, done in an hour, so 5 till 6, and you'll be free to enjoy your, uh, your bubble zone Christmas. <laughs> Missing all of the people that you would normally have. Uh, But Jesus will be with you. So join us uh, on the 24th. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you richly. If you have any needs, call us at the church. Um, we, We would be glad to help. Bless you in Jesus' name.